You're listening to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I'm here to help facilitate conversations around what it means to step into your confidence so you can live the life you want, not the one you think you should. Join me as we talk about body and self-acceptance, nutrition, movement, and mindset so that you can uncover what dulls your sparkle so you can shine. With that, let's go to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. Wow. Okay, what a week this has been. Last week, I launched the very first episode of the Reveal series, and this series is geared toward having deeper conversations around tougher topics. And I decided to tackle one of the toughest ones right off the bat, which is faith. And what this episode was about was basically expressing where I'm at with my faith and walking through the deconstruction process. And I got so much feedback. Wow. It seriously has blown my mind just how many of you have reached out via email, Facebook, and text message to just let me know how you resonated and that you have been on a similar journey, and I love it. So I've decided that because of the huge response, episode number two of the Reveal series is going to be a little bit more directive as far as what are some steps that you can take if you're feeling lost in the process? And I have a special guest that I'm going to bring on for that episode. And we're just going to have a really honest conversation of what it looks like to deconstruct and what to do with Jesus, what to do with the Bible, what to do with Catholicism, what to do with Buddha, what to do with the Quran, all of the things. And I think we'll probably stick pretty closely to Christianity just because that's that's where I'm coming from. That's what I know, and that's what a lot of you have reached out to me with. So I think we'll start there, but it just has been so much fun connecting with you and hearing your stories. So keep them coming. I love it. And I respond to every single email that you guys send. Sometimes it takes me a few days, but I'm on it. And I love just talking with you and hearing how the podcast has been changing the way that you see yourself and giving you a fresh perspective on yourself. I just am so honored and thrilled, really, to be a part of your healing process when it comes to stepping into more confidence and really uncovering what barriers there really are that are blocking you from feeling confident. And I wanted to jump in with a regular episode today. So me getting on my soapbox. And I feel like this topic is really good this time of year because there's so many treats and sweets and parties and gatherings and drinks and food and all sorts of stuff that for people that have struggled with controlling their food intake, this season can feel like a nightmare. 
In the past for me, this season has represented the struggle. It doesn't get more fleshed out than when you're trying to avoid, limit, restrict, or control the amount of sugar that you're eating, that it flies up in your face like it does this time of year. And it's cold and wet outside, so you don't want to move as much. And when you don't move as much, you don't feel as good. So then you don't eat the way that makes you feel as good. It's all kind of this cycle. And so I did a post and I want to kind of read it to you slash talk it through with you. And I just, I again, the feedback on this post has been amazing. So I took this picture. My son and I made cookies and I took a picture of me eating one of the cookies. And I said, I really want to eat this cookie. And before, which my orthorexia days, if you know what orthorexia is, I think everybody kind of stumbles upon it at one point or another, but it's just an obsession with healthy food and exercise. And friends, I was deep in the throes about five or six years ago, deep in it and just obsessed with using healthy ingredients. I even, I hosted a healthy cookie party. Like I look at that now and I'm like, what the heck is a healthy cookie? Like just eat the cookie, enjoy it, be present, stop when you're done. Like why are we, anyways, I digress. But before I used labels like good or bad, healthy or unhealthy. Do these sound familiar? And I would try and I would resist all of the the sugars and the cookies and especially gingerbread. Gingerbread is my weakness. Like we have this gingerbread chalet downstairs that I made from scratch. I decided to go all out this year and made everything from scratch. And I'm, I just look at it some days thinking if I didn't have a like five-year-old son who would be devastated by my eating this, I would totally devour that sucker. It looks so good. But what I used to do was I would just kind of recite like a mantra reasons that cookies are bad, right? They have too many carbs. They have too much sugar. They increase sugar cravings. They don't fuel your body. They make you fat. They blah, blah, blah. And I would recite it over and over and over again. And what I would do instead is I would eat something, quote, healthier. I would make a healthy version of a cookie and eat the whole batch. Or I would grab some raisins out of the pantry or some dried fruit or fresh fruit even, and I would just eat it and eat it and eat it while trying to talk myself out of the cookie. So I see the cookie sitting there, and I'm over here eating a banana thinking, mmm, bananas are so healthy. They're so good for me. I'm just longing to eat the cookie, and guess what? Finally, I would give in, and I'd eat not only the cookie, but its brother, and the whole plate maybe, and I would do it so fast, like You know what I'm talking about when you emotionally eat or you give in to a binge and you just like crazy go nuts, just shovel food in your mouth without like even thinking about it. It's almost an out-of-body experience. Do you know this feeling? 
where you dissociate from your physical body and you just check out and you're just eating as fast as you can. So I didn't even get to enjoy it. And I would finish the plate and like pick up the crumbs that were left in the sprinkles and and be like, oh no. Then it would then it would come. The guilt, right? The guilt. I had said the cookies were all these things, yet I ate them anyways. And I always seem to fall back into this pattern. So then if you do that enough times, then not only do you have guilt, but then you have shame. Shame is this this gut-wrenching feeling of what is wrong with me? And every time I did this, it would just flood me. And I felt like I was weak and that I needed more willpower. And as a personal trainer and nutrition coach, I felt like a hypocrite. Because here I was telling my clients, hey, you know, it's really great to practice intuitive eating and to mindfully eat. And I wasn't doing it. And the guilt and hypocrisy that I felt was so real. And it was hard. It was really hard. And so what I would do when I lost that willpower and motivation to restrict and control It would launch me into this free-for-all where I was like, oh, fine, I don't care. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Watch me me work. (laughs) And I would eat just whatever. Like some meals, I'd be like, I want to eat a healthy meal. And then other meals, I'm like, screw it. And I would eat whatever. And until I finally was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I got to get back on track. I got to get... I got to get myself focused. Yeah, I got to get focused. That's what I got to do. So then I would do something like a Whole30. And Whole30, I don't know if you're aware of this. Whole30 is like a huge business. I'm not sure how many millions of dollars Melissa Hartwig, who started it, gets from it. But if you look, if you go to a natural health food store, look for the little Whole30 approved logo. It's everywhere. It is a full-fledged business, but I digress. But nevertheless, that never stopped me. So I would do a Whole30 or a cleanse or something to detox from all the crap that I had been eating. And I would usually guilt my husband into doing it with me. And (laughs) we would kind of do that last night before the cleanse where we'd eat just garbage and then start Whole30 the next day. Yeah, I'll have to do another episode on that. Uh, I would purge my house of all the things that derailed me. And I would tell my husband, hey, you can't bring home these foods because if they're here, I'm going to eat them and I can't be trusted around these foods. So you got to put those somewhere else and you can't bring them in the house. I would record every bite. Literally, my food logs would have like one bite something, carrot, I don't know. And I would record my calories and my macros and I would spend hours researching and making sure that it was the you know exact right ingredients and that it matched so that my calories would be spot on. And then I would spend just hours and hours meal prepping and following the whole 30, you know, 
success plan and making sure that I made all these foods and it took so much time. So much time. I thought I I was setting myself up for success, but really I was doing the opposite because that is not sustainable, y'all. I'm sorry. You know, if you're like, Kim, I love Whole30. Whole30 works for me. Awesome. That's great. For most people, it doesn't work and it's not sustainable. So, but again, that's another another podcast episode. And it would go on and on and on, like round and round on this crazy diet cycle. And you can call it what you want, but if you're doing a Whole30, you're doing a diet. That is what Whole30 is. If you're doing paleo or keto, these are not lifestyle choices. These are diets. And we need to get really clear on diets because diets come with certain language. And that language will impact the choices that you make. And we'll talk about that. So that was like me five or six years ago, just stuck in this cycle of try and fail and try and fail. And now, years later, I have done the work to get to a place where if I want a cookie, I think about things differently. I don't avoid it. I don't restrict it. And I certainly don't recite all of the myths about why it's bad for me. Instead, I think about why I want it. Is it because cookies are full of yumminess and joy and happiness in a sugary little form? Absolutely. Is it because they're just here and I see them? See food, eat food, right? Is it just power of suggestion? Oh, there's cookies. Now I want a cookie. Or was it something that I was really craving before? Is it because I feel uncomfortable and I know that my pattern and my story has been to use sugar as a way to numb those uncomfortable feelings? Why do I want to eat the cookie? Not with judgment, not with any kind of agenda, but simply approaching it with curiosity. What's happening for me? Where am I at emotionally, physically, mentally? And I also think about how am I going to feel after I eat it? Will I feel guilty? Will I feel shameful? Will I feel bad? Will it set me up for success for my day? Or am I going to think about this all day about how I ate that freaking cookie and plan how to work it off? No, I don't do that anymore. I don't have to earn my food. I simply get curious. What is happening for me? How will I feel after I eat it? Will I feel like my craving is gone? What will it be like? And I do this because I refuse to moralize food. I refuse. I see all food on the same level. I used to put it in hierarchies, right? Like these foods were good foods. These were bad. These were healthy, unhealthy. Moderate these and eliminate these. And now it's like, what works for my body, right? That takes some work and some time to figure out what kind of macronutrient ratios work for you, what foods work for you. Like I've done a lot of work on this to figure out what works for my body, what makes it happy, What keeps it satisfied? What makes it so that I'm not sitting there thinking about sugar all day long? And I refuse to moralize food. 
I will not use terms like good or bad. I even limit the ways that I talk about food when it comes to like healthy foods or uh, clean foods. Or I love this one, unprocessed foods, (laughs) friends. Most of your food, unless you're growing it yourself, is processed, especially if it comes in a package. It's processed. Even if you got it at Whole Foods, it's still processed. And that's okay. Why did we demonize processed foods? Why is this a thing? Don't moralize. Don't put labels on food that make it harder for you to feel nourished and to approach food with joy and curiosity. I also don't restrict. There's nothing off limits for me. There are foods that I choose not to eat because they don't work well with me. And there are foods that I indulge in every day. And there's foods that I'm like, meh, I kind of save that, right? I save that. But I don't restrict because restriction pisses off the inner rebel that lives in your brain. And that will set you up for failure like that. I also don't count calories and I do not track my food unless it is for a medical purpose. I don't track my food. I spent years doing that. And what I've seen with my clients is that they too are triggered by food logs because of a bad history with them. I don't do that. I don't count my calories. I don't, I can tell you the calorie count for just about any food because I have them like all memorized, but I don't count them. And it took me a few years to finally like quiet the numbers. And now it's just food. It's amazing. I don't do cleanses. I don't do diets. I don't do any kind of things like that. I intermittently fast when it feels good. Like once, maybe twice a week. I don't plan it. I don't schedule it. I just listen to my body and do what works. But I don't do cleanses. And I don't do any kind of Whole30s. Anything that relies on restriction, even for a short time, is too triggering, and I don't want to do it. I choose not to do that. And if you choose to do a Whole30 or a cleanse, good on you. If that serves you and it bolsters your confidence and it helps you to feel like a rock star with your food, you go, girl. You go. But again, for a lot of people, these cleanses, these detoxes, whatever you want to call them, are not super helpful. And that's another podcast episode too. I'm like, I could break this down. Um, I release the story that I need food to numb uncomfortable feelings. This is a transgenerational story that was downloaded into me from my mother and her mother, and I'm guessing her mother as well. And it's this lie that Feelings that are uncomfortable need to be avoided or numbed, and you use food to do it. And I started doing this when I was nine years old. I started using food to numb my uncomfortable feelings, and I did it all the way up into my 20s. I was really good at it. It's like my superpower was using foods, especially healthy foods. But I released that. That does not need to be my story. The only way out of uncomfortable emotions is through them. You have to let them take up some space or else you will get stuck. And this is where a lot of times that addictive pattern comes up that we see where you need the food or you need the story. 
being an emotional eater has become part of your identity. It's become part of who you are. And you choose that. And I chose that for so long. And now I release that. That does not have to be my story. I do not need to use food in this way. I am strong and capable and courageous and brave and able to sit in my own uncomfortable feelings and not numb or run. Now, this didn't happen in isolation. This did not happen by myself. This took work with therapists and work with myself, very intentional work. And this is the work that I do with my clients as well as I help them sit in these uncomfortable emotions that they normally would use food or diet behavior to control. But I release it. I slow down and I breathe because oftentimes we get all in our chest and we just get so frenzied. But I slow down and I make choices that empower me Not to say I did it and like check a box, but to show myself kindness and compassion after years of trash talking and criticizing myself for my food habits. I eat to show myself love. And the way that I eat shows myself love. And sometimes it shows me where there's a lack of love. When I turn to food as fuel, I hear this all the time, but Kim, food is fuel. Yeah, that's one of its roles, but it has lots of roles. I think episode four or five of this podcast is called The Power Stealing Roles of Food, and it's such a good one. If you haven't listened to it, head back and listen to that. It is so, it's, it's going to blow your mind. But slowing down, take a breath. There's no rush. There's no need to hurry. The food's not going anywhere. There's not a scarcity. We didn't even get into scarcity mindset tonight, but or today. No, it's not nighttime. It's not 8.49 p.m. and I'm in my pajamas in the closet recording this. No, I don't know what you're talking about. But this is the shift that you can make. And when you make the shift... To let go of the control over food and to step into freedom of choosing what you want to (laughs) eat, it'll seriously make you giddy. It'll make you the happiest you've ever been when you decide to just take control back from food, to take your power back, and to start making confident choices. And at first, you are probably going to stumble and you're probably going to overeat and you're going to go crazy for a little while. But just like it did before, it'll burn itself out. But instead of getting, quote, back on track, this time you say, okay, tomorrow's another meal or there's another meal tonight or later today and I get another chance to choose. And you extend grace to yourself and freedom, freedom to choose, knowing What foods make you feel good and which ones don't? Which ones make you feel energized? Which ones, you know, quench your hunger? Which ones quiet your cravings? Figuring out which combos of food, again, work I do with my clients. And you figure these things out and you have freedom so that when you want to eat the cookie, guess what? You eat the cookie. You're mindful and present and you're tasting it and it's delicious and it's crunchy and it's sugary and it's awesome. And when it stops tasting awesome, you stop. 
Maybe you eat the whole thing or maybe you leave half of it. It doesn't matter because you have the power to choose. And the cookie doesn't control you. It's not an issue of control. It's an issue of surrender. Surrendering to the things that you can't control. The only thing you can control is you. But how much energy are you spending trying to control yourself? What if you were to let go of controlling and invest more energy in loving yourself and making choices about your food from a place of self-acceptance and respect rather than self-loathing and thinking about how you need to change your body via what you eat. Okay? So, that is where I leave you for this week. So, may you go into your next party, your next office shindig, your next encounter with food, taking a different approach of instead of restricting, what would it be like to be present with that food and to eat it and to actually enjoy it and see what happens? If you have questions about this or if you're like, Kim, I don't even know where to start, reach out. Email me, Kim at CaptivatinglyConfident.com. Let's talk about it and let's figure out what your next best step looks like. Okay. All right. Quick announcement. Reveal Retreat is in 70 days. That is just over two months. I'm giddy and squirrely and I cannot wait. We have four spots left. That's it. Four spots. I can't believe it. And I am so excited to see who these four women are going to be. Maybe you're one of them. I don't know. If you have questions about the Reveal Retreat, we're, we're going to take a look at how to step into body acceptance and respect and self-like and love. It's going to be incredible. Nashville, Tennessee, February 28th through March 1st. Head over to revealretreats.com. You can get more information there. If you have questions about finances or flights or figuring it out, again, reach out. Kim at Captivatingly Confident. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. So squirrely about it. Okay, friends. I will see you next week. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Captivatingly Confident. I am so excited that you're here and investing in yourself. If you want to learn more about Captivatingly Confident, you can visit my website, captivatinglyconfident.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at kim.ludeman. Thank you so much for hanging out today. If you would like to, I invite you to subscribe to the show and also to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Every single review means so, so much to me, and it helps to get the word about Captivatingly Confident out and to help change women's lives. I'll see you next time.